Hey everyone, this is Ashley, producer of the Opstars podcast. Today we're bringing you a special episode featuring a live session recorded at Opstars 2023 in San Francisco. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to the 20, 2023 edition of Opstars. I'm really excited to be here. My name is uh, Evan Liang and I'm the co-founder and CEO at Lean Data and I have the distinct pleasure of uh, hosting Opstars every year as one of the, uh, the, the, the co-founding uh, sponsor of the event. And I love this event just because it's really a place for ops folks to really learn from other ops folks. It's for ops, by ops, and love the ability to kind of bring folks together. Uh, it's been a while, and uh, to have kind of that energy again where people can really learn from each other. Uh, this is actually our eighth annual Opstars here. Uh, and uh, it's, 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 it's kind of grown. And one of the things that we're most proud of at Opstars is we oftentimes kind of identify new and emerging trends. So in 2018 or 19, we started talking about this whole journey to RevOps. And people had just started hearing about that term. And, and what we're going to be talking about this keynote is kind of how that's completely evolved over that time frame. And it was amazing that that term was just getting going. And today, most companies do have a RevOps organization. And that's the point of OpStars, is to try to understand what are the latest trends out there and try to predict where we're going. And of course, we will talk a lot about AI here uh, and what's going on, given that we're in the shadow of what is uh, billed as the largest AI conference out there. But the other part of OpStars that's great is kind of the, uh, the, the, this venue that we're in and bringing people together in the community aspect of everything that we have together. As part of OpStars, after a few years, we decided that you know, ops people don't get enough recognition. You guys do all the hard work behind the scenes, right? Uh, and you know, sales and marketing, they have all their awards and everything. And so we decided to have an award for ops professionals and have been doing it for five years now. And that's one of our most popular things. So uh, we're really excited of all the uh, finalists today, uh, the entries this year. Here are our finalists for 2023. So for the account-based program of the year, the finalists were Sixth Sense, Infor, and Reltio. For most cutting-edge ops program of the year, Unity, Qualtrics, and NextThink. Winning Sales Cadence of the Award, a completely new award this year, Click, Deep, Deep Kai, and NIQ. Digital Transformation Award, Directive, Hunger Rush, and NVIDIA. Lean Management Program Transformation of the Year, Large Enterprise, so it's VMware, Motorola Solutions and Rocket Software. Lean Management uh, Transformation Award for Emerging Enterprise, uh, Audit Board, Arena, and Autodesk. And Opstars of the Year, so for the individual award, uh, we have Zach Olson from Dell, Jamini uh, Karaki from VMware, Carla Wishart from Subsplash, Jules James from Sixth Sense, and Rachel Godfrey from Bamboo HR. So uh, congrats to all the finalists. Uh, and so that definitely made our job really, really hard. But this year's winners we're really excited to announce is for account-based program of the year is Reltio. So congratulations to Reltio. And they also were uh, a winner at, at Forrester Summit. So those folks are definitely doing some really innovative stuff. Lean management program transformation of the year was Autodesk Construction Group. Digital Transformation of the Award of the Year went to NVIDIA. And one of the things about the Opstars Awards is oftentimes uh, 
there end up being uh, speakers at our following year's events. Uh, NVIDIA will actually be speaking later on today. Winning Sales Cadence Award is NIQ. Lean Management Program Transformation of the Year Large Enterprise was Rocket Software. And Most Cutting Edge Ops Program of the Year, Next Think. So congrats to all the, uh, the winners of the awards. Uh, oftentimes, many of these award winners are here in the audience. So uh, one of the big things about OpStars is the person sitting next to you may have, a, may have the solution to the problem that you're, that's facing your group right now. So uh, we definitely encourage folks to get to know who, who's in the audience, network, and make those happen because uh, you may be sitting next to an award winner or uh, you may become the future award winner next year as well. So we always look forward to that. <laughs> so with that, I wanted to, uh, we wanted to talk about a little bit uh, from, uh, from, from uh, the close opening keynote around the state of RevOps. Uh, it, it, what, we're going to talk about the past, present, and future. And I think it's an ideal time to talk about it because, like I said, we kicked off kind of the journey to RevOps in 2019. And RevOps just continues to evolve. Right? Uh, I think one of the terms that we were, when we were prepping for this, someone said, uh, we do not think history will repeat itself. RevOps is going forward. It's not going to go backwards to what we are talking about it. And boy, has a lot changed. Uh, we've had COVID, an economic downturn, and a banking crisis. And to help me with that, we wanted to bring on three industry experts uh, to talk about those different phases and set those contexts, and then hopefully bring us some key takeaways around where we think things are going next. And, you know, uh, around all the various trends. And so with that, I wanted to first bring on stage uh, Jeff Serlin, uh, who uh, I first got to know uh, when we were working together at Marketo. His title, and this is a great title, Chief RevOps Officer. That's a new title, so that kind of emphasizes. So Jeff, please come on stage and we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, cool. So in my tee up, Jeff, I talked a little bit about kind of the evolution of RevOps and what's changed over the last kind of 20 or 30 years. So I'm hoping that you could talk a little bit about what you've seen changed and what are kind of the key themes. Yeah, uh, first of all, I haven't been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not that old yet. Um, Look, when I first started doing this, there was no RevOps, there was no sales ops. And, and I'll get to this a little bit later, but I was just, you know, why don't we have a pipeline? So somebody should do this. But I don't think there was a big bang moment of which RevOps itself was born. I think it was an evolution. And um, thinking about that, I think there's three things that I think led to this. The first is in the late 2000s, um, when I was kind of doing sales ops in early 2010s, a lot of um, sales leaders from larger companies, PeopleSoft, Oracle, uh, SAP, started coming to startups as they were getting to 50 million, wanting to cross 100 million, and then 200 and half a billion, and move up uh, and start selling to enterprise. And operations was done at these big companies. They had someone that you know, helped them with their weekly forecast call and their reporting package. They had someone they worked with on comp plans and planning. So when they came to these companies, they wanted that person or that skill set. So they created roles, uh, calling them sales ops, and started hiring people. And I think that was one of the first times that role, by definition, for the second thing I think that went on was um, it had to work with others. It had to work with marketing on handoffs. You had to work with finance and legal on process and deal desk, et cetera. So other people at those companies and other leaders started to see the value and what operations can bring. 
And in fact, some of them started hiring their own ops folks after that. And then I think the third thing was a whole bunch of sales managers, sales reps that became leaders five, six, seven, maybe even eight years later, understood the value of operations. And when they got into those roles, they started creating these larger teams, started hiring sales ops a little bit earlier, and started thinking about uh, revenue more of a supply chain and started thinking about consolidating it. Um, so it was really creating advocates and people that understand the value of it that as they moved up and went to other companies, started bringing that knowledge with them, was how I think RevOps started to get um, some traction in the mid-2010s. Uh, and for many folks who are in those roles or early in the career and mid-career, talk to me a little bit about uh, the evolution of your personal career along that journey. Yeah, um, I, I think like any role, it's important to uh, find a mentor, someone you can learn with. Um, the first time I had an official sales operations role, uh, I was introduced to one of those leaders that actually came from PeopleSoft by some uh, common friends and colleagues who was looking for someone to do this. I went and I worked with him and for him. Uh, I didn't have anybody to go learn from, though. There wasn't a community. There was no place to go uh, look and get some information of how to do certain things. There weren't a lot of colleagues and peers that were doing this, so I had to figure out, and so did others at that time, a lot of it on our own, um, which was very fun, and it was really, really good because you had to learn a little bit of everything, which I think has certainly helped me. Um, but I was a team of one. Uh, I was with him attached at the hip. He brought me into every important decision, everything I could join except the confidential stuff. Um, so I was seen as a, a chief of staff, a strategic partner to him, and he really helped position me as that person that was, this was pre-RevOps, but you know, when things would get done, when we'd want to um, um, rethink a strategy or analyze something or get some tactics, execute it, uh, that I was the person to go to first to help figure this out as well as work with our partners um, in the go-to-market organization. After that, um, he became a CEO, we were acquired by, uh, by Oracle, and I was the first person he brought from his network. He made me a direct report to him. And anyone in the company, in, in go to market, that wanted to hire an ops person, they had to work on my team. And he wanted that because he wanted to, uh, and he comes from the sales world, so he, he kind of gets go to market. But he wanted to be able to execute his vision uh, of what the go-to-market strategy should be and to make sure the tactics were done and for me not to necessarily be influenced by marketing or sales or sales more than marketing. Um, and he allowed me to build a little bit of a team. And uh, to me, that was the start, and RevOps wasn't the term used, but of having a broader span of maybe not direct authority, but responsibility and involvement, um, but also reporting to the CEO. I know there's some discussions of where RevOps should report. So I do think it's the CEO. Um, hence the title that I gave myself at my current company. Um, but that was the start of it for me, of, of really seeing the value of, of not just thinking myopically about sales, um, seeing it as a supply chain and everything from the data layer up to the systems to the strategies uh, to the people working together need to be just totally integrated and, and you know, of one mind. Very cool. And then talk to me a little bit, so, I mean, I think we put this slide up there. This is where Rev, uh, sales ops started with spreadsheets, yes. right? And we've gone from that to this. So tell me a little yes. bit about the evolution of technology and how it played a role. Yeah, I, I'm getting a migraine just looking at that. <laughs> um, you, you know, technology is great. It, it's, it's an awesome enabler to get things done. If you're buying technology and you don't know what problem you're trying to solve, you shouldn't be buying anything. Um, 
so there, there's a, a ton of great things out there that I've used throughout the years, and I don't think that, that myself or people that do what we do could be as successful or deliver as much value to the company um, if we don't use technology. Um, but be very deliberate and thoughtful on, on what problem you're solving, what you want to solve next, what you want to solve next quarter, what you might want to solve next year, and have a plan of how you're implementing it. And most importantly, have a plan of how it's going to be adopted. Um, buying something that can give you value gives you none if folks aren't using it. So um, it's really been great of, I think, accelerating the, um, the speed of which we can deliver value to the business, um, but also to the degree of value because it gives us the insights or the automation freeing us up to do more strategic things that we can typically do. Got it. Makes sense. And, you know, um Maybe also on the go-to-market side, what, what have been the process changes uh, that you've seen over that time frame? Um, I, I think the biggest single one, and, and I'll start you know, more at a macro level, is um, when I went to Marketo, uh, sales and marketing planned together. We had a single spreadsheet, and our models were all in there. It wasn't different spreadsheets that we couldn't interpret. And, and Dave Kane, um, who some of you might know, him and I would spend hours in a conference room, and we would integrate this whole thing and we would talk through, um, you know, if we felt that we wanted to accelerate outbound in enterprise, he would, you know, reduce a little bit of his spend in there. Or if, if we wanted to get more spend in certain programs that they were coming up with, we might make the manager ratio seven to one instead of six to one. So I think the, the change in process was started by the change in sort of alignment and folks working together to think of it as a single plan, and we were both accountable to the same thing. In fact, his number was the same exact number that mine was in terms of what our variable compensation was. And I think that spawned um, um, common data models, that spawned common processes, that spawned better handoffs, that spawned leadership now talking about go-to-market as opposed to sales and or marketing, um, and drove a whole bunch of cool things that you could do at the process and workflow layer to, again, just accelerate your growth, do it efficiently, and deliver value to the business. Well, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you, Adam. Thanks. So next up, what we wanted to uh, bring up with Christine Maxey, who is uh, in the role of Senior Director of RevOps today. So welcome her on stage. So tell us a little bit about your current role and kind of what RevOps means for you. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it can encompass a lot of things. What does it mean for me? <laughs> uh, my current role is Senior Director of Revenue Operations here at Lean Data, and my team manages lead to service, customer journey, kind of how I like to say lead to happiness, um, and that involves marketing operations, sales and SDR operations, customer success operations, and the deal desk. So we manage the tech stack and the processes and programs to drive revenue. And like, like I said in the start, lots changed in the last six to nine months. So yeah. what's been the biggest impact to your team and what's changed in that time frame? Well, I think we all know that people are changing. The human resources are being reduced across all of the functions, which has put a lot of pressure, not only on those teams, but on the people who support those teams. Um, not a lot of hiring or maybe only hiring to replace people who've left. So that's one thing, it's pretty common, we're all seeing it. But the other thing we're seeing is what we've done is kind of had a little shift in our focus from revenue generation to revenue protection. And that was 
a little bit new to us. We've always focused on RevGen. Um, but we have the customer success team, so we put in place what I call the four Ps. Um, one is people intent, people movement, partnerships, and product. And I'll talk to those? Okay. Um, people movement. It, what we want to know is do we have the right people in the account and are they moving? Because key stakeholders and points of contact are critical to retaining your business. So we wanted to alert anyone whose account points of contact have moved on or changed, maybe even been promoted, send a gift. Um, that's P1, that's people movement. P2, or P, the second P is people intent. Of those people that we know at the organization, at our customers, are they giving us any early warning signs of intent? Intent to churn, are they looking at our competitors? Are, they looking at our products. Maybe they need more education, more attention, and maybe we just need to lean in to understand where they're at. So people movement, people intent, um, and partnerships. Our product works really well with our integration partners. So we wanna understand if our customers are now customers of any of those integration partners because we can drive value and synergies across the across the, um, the two products or platforms, and we wanna make sure that we're telling those customers best practices that we're seeing across our most successful customers. So we wanna bring them more value. So we're trying to drive value through partnerships. And the last P is product. Are we seeing any signals from our product that would indicate we need to have a conversation. Now, historically, it'd be like, oh, they're using more, right? And we need to talk to them about selling more. But now it's about looking, are we seeing any sudden movements in licensing, in usage? Do we need to lean in and help them understand what's going on with their business? Have they let some of their salespeople go? Do we need to partner with them and adjust their contract? Do we need to lean in to some of those integrations? So, you can kind of spin all those into RevGen, but we looked at it from the other side, which is revenue protection. People movement, people intent, partnerships and product. Makes sense. And then what are some of the uh, other challenges that this environment presents for, for RevOps? Or Tech stack. <laughs> this year. So I, I had told my team, okay, let's take two years and build the ideal tech stack. That was kind of silly because we even don't know what that is because we can't possibly have worked with, and they don't have it up there, we, we can't possibly have worked with all of those vendors. Um, so that was our first challenge was, what is the best? We don't know. Then Evan comes in and says, cut your budget by 10%. <laughs> and I thought, okay. So what, in my mind, the way it went was, we're gonna get rid of a few things, we're gonna keep everything, we're gonna have a very consistent year. Exact opposite of what happened. Um, we, Prior, we did a prioritization of our tech. We listed it all out. Need to have, nice to have. I don't remember why we have it. Um, and some fell into that category. We have all bought software for people, not necessarily for the company. So we got rid of those. Then we looked at the need to have and nice to have, and we tried to say, can we consolidate? This went differently than I thought too. Consolidation, we did kind of two paths. One is, can we consolidate across the org? Is anyone using different tech that we could just consolidate? It helps us for troubleshooting, for implementation, 
driving the most value. We did a, a little bit of that. But the other thing was consolidation of vendors. Everyone's doing more now, so can I use more and consolidate? And I was surprised to see that we didn't do much of that because, um, well, one reason is if I consolidate my budgets to purchase software, my budget is tied up in that. And if I don't like one piece of that software and want to pull it back out, I'm guessing my budget doesn't come out the way it went in, and now I don't have the money to spend on the thing I needed. So that was one consideration. The other was, great, let's try something new. But what's the true cost if we don't like it? Can we easily rip and replace? Some technologies are not easily replaced. So that was a consideration. And the last thing was the consolidation is new. And some of our, now that we only have need to have and nice to haves, we were a little nervous about doing that. And as those companies are building out their platforms, we're learning and they're learning and we just weren't ready. But software's on sale, guys. I hate to say it. <laughs> it's a little, uh, little secret this year. Software's on sale. If you want something, if you want a partnership, now is the time. <laughs> Evan's like, <laughs> um, no, now is the time. Build your tech stack. Build those relationships. We're not buying software just because I want to keep this software for a long time and drive value. <laughs> and, um, and we did buy software this year. And, but the theme of that is change, change, change. And so we had to balance that against how much change the field could consume and how much change my team can consume. Um, we looked at new vendors. It's really interesting seeing the new up-and-comers that are out there. They are doing great things. The other thing that that means is time, time, time. It costs my team time to just look at the tech, to think about the tech, to take all the demos, because you never get a demo on the first call. That's the second call. <laughs> so you always have to plan at least two calls. Um, so it took a lot of time and a lot of change. And so we found a good balance, um, but you know, we're still on that, can we get the best and ideal tech stack? And I, don't, I think that'll be ever, ever changing. Uh, and as you're like, when you're with other RevOps colleagues or maybe at, at, a, at a table here at OpStars, what do you guys, uh, what, what, what are the top concerns that you guys talk about? What, what, what's the load? Or what's, what's the therapy you guys need from each other these days? Um, honestly, change is happening very quickly and it's not slowing down. And so, you know, we're all out there just trying to keep up and do our best. And one of the personality traits of many of the people in our team is that we want to make other people successful. That means we have to constantly be learning. And we're very busy <laughs> doing so many things that um, really we're trying to lean into each other as a community to learn. I need you guys because I don't have time to do it all. But if we all did just a little bit uh, and contributed to the community, I think that's going to be something that it's the only way that we'll be able to manage just the amount of change that has happened and is, is going to happen. And do you have any advice for someone who's just starting their career in RevOps or looking to get into RevOps these days? Uh, listen, um, I would say dig into the analytics side because uh, many of the other things you can do with brute force, but you really have to understand the numbers and you can easily put that off, um, but you drive more value if you deliver numbers. People, especially management teams, they want to see numbers. 
And for the folks that aren't in RevOps but support RevOps and want our RevOps teams to be successful, what can we do more to help? Uh, say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're an easy bunch. <laughs> say thank you. Um, come to us with a problem, not a solution. Um, trust us. We, we really will do the best that we can um, to support you and, and show us that that problem you have is something that's worth solving. Why the problem, not a solution? Talk a little bit. Um, because we have the experience to know what's going on across the org and to understand some of the things you may not. Yeah. And it might be the solution you came up with, but you should really trust in the team that has been doing this for years or has insights into things you don't know about to come up with a solution and maybe things you're not thinking about and uh, maybe it'll be the same uh, outcome, but maybe not. Um, and we have a lot of competing priorities, so just trust us that you're going to be taken care of if you just tell us what's going on. Tell us what report you need. <laughs> start, start with the report you need and then I'll work backwards. <laughs> what, what you think you're gonna need uh, as an outcome, because that's the, the last thing we asked for. <laughs> I like that message. How, how do you get salespeople to understand that the, they don't always have the solution? <laughs> <laughs> start with why. <laughs> but, but you're really concerned if you start with why and start asking a lot of questions first. We tend to go into solution mode right away. And I often have to remind myself, don't ask the questions. Ask the question and make them submit a ticket. Then they'll really have to. <laughs> they'll really have to tell you what what they articulate the the problem that they're having. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing, thank Christine. You. Appreciate it. Clicker. So next up, we wanted to bring on uh, Franco and Zini. So uh, to the stage, Franco is uh, the CEO at Lean Data. Uh, but he used to, uh, he was a multi-time customer and a, a RevOps leader in multiple places. So it kind of represents the future of RevOps in the sense that the RevOps teams kind of, a lot of RevOps people we knew uh, at OpStars uh, a couple years ago said, what, what's your next career goals? And they always wanted to be COOs. So we decided to uh, eat our own dog food and we brought in a CEO who is from the RevOps side. So Franco, thanks for joining us. Perfect, happy to. <laughs> So with that uh, kind of intro, talk to a little bit about your career evolution and kind of wh wh what you made to decide to make the next step in your career as from a RevOps. Yeah, it, it's interesting to, uh, you have to take a couple steps back uh, in, in the historical aspect. And like most people that I've talked to and that I know in, in my network, uh, I fell into the operations world by accident and, and a little bit of luck. And I think uh, that gets you a start, but then it's the attitude and the aptitude and the ability to learn all kinds of different operating models throughout a company and a different organization. And so I was fortunate in my early uh, career that I had some really good mentors who uh, not only mentored me, but sponsored me as well to be involved in some things that I wouldn't normally get involved in and just get the exposure to different parts of the business. And I think as you start to go from, in my case, it was sales operations to sales and marketing and then revenue operations and, and uh, then chief of staff and, and different things, you, you start to learn that uh, everything is just a model 
and you're problem solving the whole way and there's lots of reusable skills, traits, and uh, pattern recognition that you can use. And so uh, when you're running just a small portion of a company, sales, marketing, customer success, what have you, um, it, it's not terribly different than running a larger organization with different pieces in it. Um, so conceptually, uh, it, it, it's easy, right? Uh, practically, it's not because you need uh, super smart, driven, motivated people like Christine on your team yep. that can can help marshal these areas of, of expertise. So um, it, it's a, a more holistic role at a, at a COO level than it would be at a, at a RevOps uh, role. And you, you need to be comfortable with some things that you might not necessarily have exposure to in a RevOps role. Uh, a lot of financial models, FP&A, uh, a lot of the downstream customer uh, experience things that, that sometimes are, but more often are not involved in, in RevOps. And, and we put an asterisk there because you ask people, well, what's RevOps? And you ask nine people, you get 12 different answers because it depends on the company, the industry, the size of the company, and, and all that. Uh, and given your experience, uh, one of the things Jeff raised was, where should RevOps report into, right? Yeah. Do you have a perspective on that? Have you had different reporting relationships? and? Where do, you, where do you see it belong, or how do you figure out? Yeah, it, it, uh, it depends. <laughs> and uh, personally, I, I've reported to heads of sales, heads of support, CEOs, CFOs, heads of accounting, um, and, and probably three or four other ones. But uh, I think it, it depends because it's circumstantial on where the company is in their growth trajectory, in their maturity. Uh, when I worked in RevOps, 100 years ago at uh, a company called Exactly, who's one of our sponsors, uh, we were getting ready to go public and I was moved from head of sales to CFO because now the finances really mattered and we needed to have that in, in lockstep. So uh, depending, it, it won't always be one place at one uh, company or one experience and it, it really depends on the maturity. Uh, and having done the role and now having it report into you, right? How does that influence how you, what do you do differently and uh, when you manage the role and how do, what, what advice do you have for future people who are managing RevOps? Yeah, I think um, Christine kind of started to touch on it a little bit. If you're in a RevOps role, it, it's a, a supporting role and, and you're supporting different parts of the organization. And, and that means that there's a lot of things that are not familiar and, and you need to be okay with that. Um, you need to not be afraid to say yes. If someone asks you to help with a project, an initiative, something, say yes and then go figure it out. I think the, the redeeming quality about all ops people is that we're problem solvers by nature and, and a lot of times we'll jump into unfamiliar territory and, and we'll, we'll figure it out. And, and luckily as the role has expanded uh, from what Jeff was describing, there's, there's many more resources to, to help that journey. You're not the the one person show and, and guessing your way along the path. So um, be curious, don't be afraid to, to jump in and learn things on the go. And uh, I, I think over the past couple of years, the RevOps community has really gotten a seat at the table. And when you've got a seat at the table, you're, you're there for a reason. And so don't, don't be shy about using that um, when, when the timing is right and, and a lot of times we get into situations where we have access or understand a type of data that 
no one else might, or it's not relevant to other people, and it's a good viewpoint to bring forward. And the big thing in the conference is obviously AI. So uh, what's the impact on AI on, on RevOps? Are robots coming for all your jobs? Or how do you think about it? Uh, we weren't going <laughs> to get away with this, huh? Um, can't see because of the bright lights. I want to make sure I don't step in anything. Um, sh show of hands, who thinks that AI is taking RevOps jobs? Anyone? Not a single hand? <laughs> oh, there There's we go. one? OK, one and a half. Um, Okay, so, so we're going to get along just fine then, because I, I, I think we're, we're all of, of similar mind, right? You, you look at a technology like AI, and you, you start to process it, and you say, well, I, I don't think it's going to take your job away. But, but I think AI will do a few things, and we've already started to see it. Uh, I think it's going to help with the repetitive, lower-value-added tasks, right? And, and we're already starting to see that in technology. So it, it's going to help. Um, automate or make those more efficient, which leads to the second point, which is AI is going to start giving us a whole ton of new data points that we've never had before. And, and we're, we're ops people. We love data points, so keep them coming. Um, the, the third thing is really the most interesting one, where if we're able to automate some of these tasks and processes, it, it frees up a little bit of time. And, uh, Again, you talk to 10 RevOps people, and, and nine and a half of them will tell you that the, the thing they wish they had every day is more time, um, not to do more things, to run more reports, to put together more QBR decks, but just to sit and think, mm -hmm. and, and think about how to be more strategic, and, and what problems are we trying to solve, and are we solving them the right way? So I, I think AI may turn into one of these blessings in disguise where it, it's hugely beneficial and, and I think you have to have the right mindset in that it, it's not going to take your job. It's not going to replace you. It, it's actually going to help you. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, that was a, it's kind of a, a theme. Uh, yeah, and where, where, where do you see RevOps going forward? Like, what, yeah. what is the, how does the role evolve? Do you know, does... Well, I think the role will continue to evolve. And I think that there's uh, a couple different avenues it can take, but uh, speaking from experience and in, in what I've seen and, and what I've lived, um, there, there's a little bit of theme around uh, following the money, right? It's kind of like those white collar crime documentaries, you know, the tax <laughs> evasion, like you follow the money and you figure out who did it. Um, but when, when this all started, uh, Jeff touched on it, it, it was sales ops. We were supporting sales because that's where the money changed hands, right? And, and that's what needed to be operationalized and made efficient. And then a couple of years later, along comes marketing with big budgets and, and big goals and lots of technology and, and different things to do. And, and so support and, and operational expertise needed there. So um, I think that theme will continue to evolve. We're starting to see it. Um, Christine touched on it, the move from revenue generation to revenue protection. Yep. Particularly those of us that live in the SaaS world know that that initial sale is not the end, it's just the beginning. We have to renew that customer several times. And so there's going to be a series of transactions where money changes hands, and that needs to be supported and operationalized and, and uh, aided with technology. So I think that'll continue. Uh, we're starting to see it a little bit with um, professional services and, and managed services type models where uh, they're, they're becoming big spend categories and, and people don't entirely have them well operationalized the same way that we do with a six-step uh, six sales process. So 
I, I think they're, they're just kind of following the, the, the money. Um, the other theme I, I would say is uh, the ongoing theme of technology and it ties into AI and the tech stack, but there, there is so much technology available to us and it's changing so quickly that we, we need to constantly stay on top of it. And, and it goes back to maybe AI helps us with some time to think and just evaluate technologies and, and take some demos and talk to vendors and see what's out there. Um, and, and I think to that end, there's gonna be this continued balance between do I build a tech stack or do I solve my problems with best of breed technologies or do I go down the, the sweet path? And, and that's always been a tug of war. It's gone back and forth over the past you know, 15, 20 years. So I think that'll continue. Um, and then I think just the, the exposure of the role. Uh, again, RevOps people are, are looked at as problem solvers. And, and I think a lot more constituents in uh, organizations are valuing that and, and inviting that skill set into uh, more strategic discussions. And, and that'll continue. We, we've started to see that with, with uh, RevOps moving into COO roles. There's even you know, RevOps folks that have moved into CRO roles and, and they're taking on quotas and, and leading the, the sales charge. So um, that evolution, I think, will continue. And, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Just be, be curious, be open. Um, if, if you're given an opportunity, take it. You, you'll figure it out. Um, that this is, is what we, we've been doing for a living. Uh, and actually, a question for the audience. How many folks have, uh, because RevOps started with sales ops, you added mark ops, and increasingly CX ops. How many of your companies has CX ops closely aligned with the, with the other two? Just curious, like, okay, it's, it's a good spattering. I mean, a couple of years ago, yeah, that was a complete afterthought. CX yeah. ops was not considered, and as we said, moving it's, into the revenue protection area. Yeah, it's coming, particularly in, in a SaaS model. Um, the, the longer term contracts might not be amenable to certain types of technologies or companies, and so it's, it's annual. And, and you've got to make sure that uh, not only is there a transaction at the end, but that you've got a happy customer. If, if the customer buys your software, doesn't implement it, doesn't use it, um, and doesn't engage with you, that's, that's a problem that you can apply some operational excellence against, right? You, you want to um, manage potentially a more complex process than the initial sales process, and, and you'll need some ops help for that. Is there a, since we're in the future section, yeah. this one's always tough, uh, any predictions that you think most uh, reverses like, hey, AI is coming, any like controversial predictions you think might happen in the, the next couple, 10 years for RevOps when we look at it? Like what's out there? Uh, I, I don't know that it's terribly controversial, but, um, RevOps people, I think, are going to continue to lead the charge. And it, we're already starting to see it with uh, what, what Christine was saying, like, br bring us a problem. And, and I think you're starting to see RevOps teams solve problems in ways that people hadn't thought of before. And, and technologies like AI and, and things like that are, are going to um, just amplify that. So that's going to lead us down the path of RevOps playing larger roles in organizations. And, and uh, five years ago, you would talk to RevOps people and say, well, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and everyone to a person would say, well, we want to be more strategic. And, and it, was, it was tough because there was just, there was so much day-to-day, -day, you know, uh, checking the boxes, being the human glue to run the report and put the data here. And, and that's starting to go away. 
And, and so the goal of want to be more strategic, it, it's, it's coming. Makes sense. Now, I wonder if uh, five or 10 years, I think RevOps has kind of gotten a seat at the table. But uh, my hope is as we become, there's more technology and the systems and process becomes better. I wonder, and I'll say out there, if RevOps people should be uh, leading the table, like you yeah. said, become CROs, yeah. if their roles become even uh, more impactful or maybe get paid more than sales. Yeah, <laughs> so. it, it, it's a, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice, right? Um, no, it, it, it's a distinct possibility and, and um, it, it, it all kind of filters around what I was saying earlier, like be curious and understand different parts of the business. RevOps oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes is the only constituency in an organization that understands end to end. And, and understands everything going on in FP&A and the headcount and, yep. and the, the planning um, with everything going through to sales capacity and lead generation and marketing funnels and, and sales funnels and customer experience and renewals and retention and support and services. And there, there's very few uh, groups in companies that understand that whole life cycle and, and RevOps is one. So what, why wouldn't you want someone who can make decisions with the whole organization in mind elevated to that point? Yeah. So, yeah. thank you, Franco, awesome. for joining thank us. Thank you. Okay. So, in terms of, we wanted to kind of bring on folks to kind of talk about these uh, takeaways around kind of RevOps and where it is in, in this time frame. So, that's kind of some of the key takeaways we had was number one, uh, like I mentioned in the beginning, RevOps is gonna continue to evolve. So don't be afraid of change. The role is just going to get bigger and better going forward. Uh, and we just consider that to continue to be a theme. Uh, we are definitely seeing that that vision of RevOps becoming more than just sales is happening. Uh, it is gonna become cross-functional and holistic, and that's really, really exciting. And so uh, as, as general, I think that's a good thing because people are gonna have to work more together. Um, I sprinkled a little bit in some of the topic was about the community. So uh, the folks being here for OpStars is gonna be important. But as we've gotten more digital, as people have gotten more in Zoom, I'm actually seeing, and I'm talking to a lot of CEOs, how they really find events are kind of more effective than kind of uh, than, than just spamming people. And that's because people are craving that community aspect. So kudos to everyone here for coming out, uh, spending the time, uh, and, and leverage that community. I think as, as, as change continues to happen, people need to talk to their colleagues uh, and learn from each other. And that's going to be really, really critical, important, um, as, uh, because it's maybe also the only way you know you're not talking to a bot anymore. It's talk to someone face to face, right? So that community aspect is really, really important. And we think for uh, RevOps, technology is going to be your friend, not a foe. Uh, I like how when we ask the audience how many people thought your job is going to be replaced, Let's we'll talk to the guy who raised his hand and think how he says that. But I, we agree. I think uh, RevOps folks, are your, your, the AI is going to make you even more powerful. Uh, I was a little bit off the cuff in my mark there so that's a, of, uh, about the, the, the pay. But I, I do think technology is going to be a friend for RevOps going forward. And that's really, really exciting. And with that, I just want to say thank you all for coming out to join us. We love this community, love the energy, and bring everything, folks. And I hope that you guys have a, a, a fantastic day. And, meet a lot of great relationships to drive your careers forward. So thank you for watching. <laughs>